So this is actually my first time preaching in person, uh, which is kind of crazy because I've almost been here a year to date, June 1st. Uh, yeah, which is awesome. And uh, so, yeah, if I'm a little nervous, it's my first time in person. I don't know about you guys, but I personally uh, am not a bit, I don't really care what I wear in the morning. I'm not a big fan of picking out clothes. Maybe partly because I'm colorblind, and so I don't know what matches anyways. Uh, but I'm constantly, I'll have Annette, you know, tell me, oh, you need to, to change that. Or uh, she'll try to throw away some of my clothes because uh, there's too ratty. Or even this morning uh, with my belt, she was like, you can't wear that belt because it was an old belt. And yeah, so I changed my belt for her. Uh, but you know, one thing I hate even more than picking out what clothes I'm going to wear each day some of you might join me in this. I hate shopping for clothes. Uh, buying clothes is the worst. I grew up with two sisters, and my mom would take us all shopping at the mall, and we'd spend two to four hours shopping, and it was terrible. I'd hide under the clothes racks, and uh, it was just the worst. And, and so you might say, well, the best thing is to be given clothes. But as a youth minister... Uh, and, and maybe some of you, you get some interesting clothes. When people give you clothes to wear, you can end up with some really strange clothes. So this morning, I wanted to share with you guys uh, some of the crazy clothes that I've been given over the years. So bear with me as I put the, these clothes on. I've got my Ask Me About My Ninja Disguise shirt. I was given this at camp. It is actually pretty sweet. People ask you, and then you just flip it up. You, you show them your ninja disguise. Uh, th my next shirt, Annette does not like this shirt, and I know just how much she doesn't like it. She hid it in the guest bedroom uh, with some other clothes. This is my Bible shirt that says, be salty, uh, or stay salty and be lit, fam. Uh, Matthew 5, uh, 13 through 16. So it's got the Bible on it, uh, but Annette hates the word lit, and uh, I don't know how she feels about fam either, but my next shirt, uh, one of my favorites I've been given, I got it recently. I, uh, I've got this shirt with Avian's face all over it. Uh, my brother-in-law and sister gave it to me. and Yeah, this is a personal affair, although uh, I've gotten a lot of comments on it. It might not be great for every situation in life, uh, but it is a pretty sweet shirt. And uh, last but not least, a shirt that my brother gave me uh, that I don't generally wear in public, so you guys get to be like the first. Uh, the classic, I flexed and my sleeves fell off tank top, which is a large, and I am not a large. It's way too big for me. Uh, so, so getting clothes, you get all sorts of interesting stuff, and, and sometimes maybe it, it fits, or, you know, suddenly you get that itchy sweater from your grandparents. I feel like a lot of clothes we're given, we don't wear, uh, if we're honest. They disappear uh, because, you know, they're silly, crazy, whatever. So shopping for clothes, I like to shop online. As I said, I hate shopping. But shopping online even is a little bit dangerous. Uh, the first thing I ever ordered online, I er ordered uh, this dress shirt because I needed more dress shirts. And I was like, oh, this is going to look so good. 
I put it on and I looked so muscular. It was great. But uh, the buttons, you know, were pulling away at the seams and stuff. I could not wear it. I gave it to my brother-in-law because he's a lot skinnier than me and actually looked good in it. Uh, and because of COVID, even shopping in person is kind of difficult sometimes. Uh, you go in the store, you can't try it on. You have to, you know, take it home and just hope it fits you. Uh, even, uh, you know, even if it, you think it looks good in the store, it might not fit. And then some of us, we have interesting style and taste. And what we like, not everybody likes. So I bought this uh, before our wedding at JCPenney. And this is my, my awesome dress coat that I've worn a whole, like, once. Wow, sometimes you just can't even get clothes on. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this might not be everybody's style. I definitely can't wear this to every occasion. Uh, there's some definitely inappropriate times to wear clothes we get. And like I said, not everybody likes it. Sometimes, though, in life, we get lucky and we have a good day shopping, we find the clothes that we like right away, and they fit us. Uh, when I graduated from high school, my parents had a tradition of taking us to buy suits. And uh, so we went to JCPenney, and uh, I, I got this really nice three-piece suit. It took me like all of 10 minutes. It fit perfectly. I loved wearing it. Uh, but as most of you, I think, know, as you grow older, your body changes a little bit. Uh, you grow. And so a few years ago, I was at a church potluck, and I was on cleanup crew. And uh, they, you know, fit a little tighter than they used to. And I remember, and I stood up, and it was just like a scene from the movies. My button popped off, and they were so tight, my zipper flew down. And uh, so I, luckily it was winter, so I threw on my winter coat. I, like, went around, found a stapler. I stapled them together, zipped them up, and then I, you know, cleaned up and never wore those pants again. <laughs> you might be asking, what in the world does this have to do uh, with my sermon this morning? If I was in a courtroom, you know the prosecution would be objecting to, you know, my rambling, and uh, the judge might say, you know, get to the point. But luckily we're not, so I don't have to. So I'm just going to ask you guys, bear with me. I promise that this is going somewhere. Uh, instead, I'd like to share with you guys a story. Uh, there was once a man who, he was a pretty good man. Uh, he was a religious man. He followed God. He was zealous for God, on fire for God. And uh, uh, also, he was a, a good citizen. He was a patriot. All right? He loved his people, uh, served them. And he studied under one of the wisest men of the time. And so when he, when he graduated, so to speak, and uh, was getting ready uh, for the world, he had the decision of what, what's next. What's he going to do next? And so maybe, I, I like to think, maybe he was influenced a little bit of the people uh, in his time, or, or maybe just in himself, there was this strange new teaching that was infiltrating his people, that was taking his people away from their religion, uh, changing a little bit. And the religious leaders, they really didn't like this new teaching. 
and uh, they wanted to, to stop it. And so he set out, he decided that he was going to stop this strange teaching. And so that's what he began doing. And he was successful in it. He thought, I'm serving God. I am stopping this, this strange doctrine that's corrupting so many. And he was so successful at it uh, that he went to the religious leaders and, and he asked them, hey, can I get letters to go to this nearby town and start doing the same thing there? I've heard that this strange new teaching called The Way is in this new city. And so they, they liked this idea. They thought, you know, he's doing a pretty good job, so we're going to send him to the city. And, uh, and so we read about this journey that this man took in Acts 9, if you've been following along with the weekly reading. Uh, but I, I want us, uh, for the sake of today, to read this man's own account of what happened in Acts chapter 22, verse 3 through 10. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. says this, Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. As the high priest and all the council can themselves testify, I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. And about noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. And my companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. I want you to, to imagine with me for a second uh, that you have a tailor. So I don't know if you guys have ever had anything tailored before. Uh, I haven't. I don't care that much about what I wear. Uh, and also, it costs money, and it takes time to bring stuff to the tailor, something that I haven't committed to. But imagine with me that you had a tailor available to you 24-7. So anytime you needed to make an alteration or adjustment to something that you're wearing, you could give it to this tailor, and he'd fix it. Now, imagine with me for a second that this tailor was so good that he knew exactly what you would be wearing that clothes to that you were giving him. So good that he, he even, you gave him the power, he could change, the, you know, you're going to a wedding or something, he could change what you're wearing because he knew exactly what the dress code was for that wedding. No longer would you ever have to worry about what you're wearing. Uh, for the rest of your life, every ugly sweater competition, you're going to win it because you have the right clothes for the right time. That would be pretty incredible, right? I think most of us would jump at that chance to not ever have to worry about what we're wearing and to always have the perfect clothes. Why have I been talking so much about clothes, you might ask? Uh, because I want to draw a comparison with you between picking out and wearing clothes and picking out our future, making our future plans. You see, Paul, I think, was a lot like the person 
who was given clothes, or maybe he even picked out clothes for himself, and he thought that they were the right clothes. But in reality, Paul was in opposition to God. He had to have a wake-up call from God. Uh, All of us in life have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do next? And it's a burden to pick out what clothes we're going to wear. But God is the ultimate tailor. He had a plan for your life and my life before he ever formed the world. And he wants to give us all fulfilling lives. But we have to do something first. We have to give him our life plans. We have to give him our clothes, so to speak, so that he can make alterations and adjustments. And let me tell you, it's a lot cooler without all those clothes on. A lot less weight, right? It feels good. See, there, are, there, there might be something that you're hearing in my sermon um, that I'm not actually saying. A few things, in fact. Uh, the first, you might be hearing me say that right now you're in opposition to God. Uh, that God doesn't, doesn't want you to do what you're doing right now. But that's not what I'm saying. Paul asked, what shall I do, Lord? What I'm saying is that all of us must ask that question of God. God, what would you have me do? We have to take our plans, our clothes that we're wearing, give them to God, surrender them. And God's not always going to say, I don't like what you're doing right now. Sometimes he's going to take those and he's going to give them right back to you. And he's going to say, you're doing what I want you to be doing. I have planned where you're going to college, what you're doing next is exactly what I want for your life. Sometimes God's going to take those plans and he's going to make some alterations for them. He's going to say, I I have something a little bit different for you. Sometimes he's going to take those plans and he's going to make them something completely new, completely different like he did for Paul. Now you also might be hearing me say that this is a one and done thing. You just have to ask God once, what will you have me do? What should I do, Lord? But that's not what I'm saying. That's something that you have to continue to ask throughout your entire life. No matter how old you are, God still has a plan for you. The problem is, just like my pants button popped off, if we don't continue to go to God with our plans, we can end up in a disastrous area where we're no longer where God had us planned. You see, Paul, in Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas are with the church. And they're praying, they're worshiping, they're fasting, and they're waiting. They're waiting for God to tell them what to do next. And we read in Acts 13 uh, that the Holy Spirit comes and sends them off on the missionary journey. So sometimes our life, we have to wait and continue to ask God, uh, what what would you have me do? Even when we get old, we still have to ask that question. God, what do you have me to do right now in life? You might also be hearing me say that it is easy to follow God. That as soon as you ask God, what should you have me do? That God's going to make life easy for you. He's going to have this great plan that's going to be super fulfilling and really easy. But Paul's life was not easy. As Paul followed God, Paul was beaten. He was put in prison. He had all sorts of things happen to him. But his life was fulfilling. He lived a fulfilling life full of purpose and meaning. Thousands of years later today, we are still reading the words of Paul. Paul had an incredible impact on the church. He brought the news 
of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And God has similar plans for each and every one of you, but it's not going to be easy. My, my in-laws are a great example of this. Uh, for 25 years, my father-in-law was a youth minister at the same church, and he had an incredible, effective youth ministry. But then after 25 years, they continued to ask, God, what do you have us next to do? And God called them to do mission work in Australia. But it, it wasn't an easy thing for them to go. They were moving at the beginning of a pandemic, knowing that their daughter was about to have their first grandchild, and they still haven't seen Avian. But God is doing amazing, incredible things through their lives. It takes sacrifice to give up your plans to God, but God is going to do amazing things if you do. A couple of verses that I want to read uh, to reiterate this point. Psalms 127.1 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Proverbs 19.21 says this, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Listen to me when I say this. You have no idea what the future holds in store for you. I think COVID has taught us all this. That there is no job in this world that can give you security. There can be famine. There can be disease. War can break out. And what you thought the world was going to be changes completely. The only constant that we have in this life, in this world, is God. Because God knows exactly what's going to happen. So when we give our plans to God, we know that our plans will succeed and that we will have a fulfilling life. The life that we were always called and meant to be from the foundation of the world. So I ask you this question this morning. What does God have planned for you? Could you please bow with me? Father, I thank you for being a God who loves us and cares about us so much that you have a plan for us. God, I just ask that you help each and every one of us to seek your plans for our lives, God, to, to give our lives completely up to you. God, help us not to worry about what other people say that we should do. God, help us to even give up our own desires so that we can have a life that is fulfilling, a life that's filled with you, a life where we can have peace and the hardships, a life where we can have peace in the trials. We love you, God, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.